Unfortunately, Emil suffered from a slight muscular disorder. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. All right, everybody. It's one fucking hour time. I am Evan Husney, and of course, this is the show where we have one goddamn... Or what are we doing? We're, we have one fucking hour to talk about one oh God. goddamn movie. Change oh, God, range. oh, man. <laughs> so that's one plus one equals two. Right? Yeah, where are we? What's going on? Two, uh, what, two fucking hours? Yes, uh, of course. Oh, God, uh, oh, man. Yeah, and this is a very special episode, which we're going to get into because it is the birthday episode of The Man to My Left, uh, screen left here, we got uh, Mr. Big T, Tom Fitzgerald. Happy birthday. It's your birthday episode. How you doing? Thank you. And uh, gosh, it's the third one. Uh, that's you know, crazy. Clear evidence that we've been doing this for a while. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wow. crazy. Man. It would be a three-year-old child. This show would be uh, over three years old now. <laughs> that's <laughs> If it was a child. Oh, wow. my God. All right. And of course, to my left here, we got... As always, Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus, what's going Hello, on? Hello, everybody. Happy birthday, Tom. Thank, Thank you, you for Woo! picking tonight's movie, yeah. and it should be a very uh, fruitful discussion. From yeah, this I think film. so. It's a, it's a fun topic to unpack, you know. Yeah, and I think it's also good to shout out just for the people if you've been, you know, recently subscribed to the show, you know, shout out. We had a great episode last week. Uh, where we covered uh, for our inaugural episode of One Fucking Season, our new sort of spinoff series where we're going to be covering full seasons of television shows. We covered The Curse, of course, by Nathan Fielder, by Benny Softy, And uh, had a, a lot of you checked out that episode, a lot of new subscribers to the show. Very excited about that. Thanks so much for doing that. So hello, yeah. welcome. And um, you're welcome. And uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, what... Um, uh, we're doing tonight. So the birthday episode, let's explain yep. what the birthday episode is because it's right. very special. Uh, anytime it's w your birthday on the show, you basically get to pick uh, this episode's, the, the episode's film with no notes, mm -hmm. no pushback from anybody else. It's kind of a, you know, full creative control Which card. Is, and that and that rule is clearly evident in tonight's pick. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> yes. Something we might not do under any other circumstance. Exactly. Um, and, and I so. wouldn't have proposed this in any other context. But yeah, we've done The Matrix. We've done uh, Cracking Up, the Jerry Lewis 80s film. We've done... Uh, well, done I was going to say... Rising. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, Tom's, Tom's previous picks, uh, of course, uh, were uh, BJ Lang Presents, which we did live in the studio. Definitely want to check that episode out. One of the most fucking insane movies Whoa. I've ever yeah. seen and was subjected to for this show. Uh, and then, of course, as you mentioned, Jerry Lewis is cracking up, which you did early on as, as the first birthday episode. Marcus has done Star Wars, Lucifer Rising. I've done The Matrix, which I made you all do for my birthday sort of recently. <laughs> so it definitely gets pretty demented here on the show whenever it's a birthday pick. Yeah. Um, and tonight's is is uh, definitely holds up to that as well. We're going to be covering the 1982 film called uh, "It Came from Hollywood," uh, and it's going to be kind of a unique dive into the movie itself, which we'll get into. And of course, uh, Tom, what else are we talking about tonight? We're going to be getting into. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's uh, 
it, we will address this film specifically, but um, also what the phenomenon that it addresses. Yes. And talk about more or less the history simply of the appreciation of the quote unquote bad movie, which is going strong today, right yeah, now, 2024, absolutely. you know, and in all kinds of corners. And it's almost so ubiquitous that, you know, uh, it feels like maybe have, has, you know, has everyone always had the depreciation of crazy bad movies and tracking down like what the fuck stuff yeah. and watching it, having a beer with their friends. And uh, no, it started at some point and we'd like to maybe get into the history a little bit. But this film, just to explain what it came from Hollywood is technically it's a documentary but in a way I was watching it again today and it's really it's a classic clip show a mixtape essentially yes uh, with some simple wraparounds by you know some good contemporary comedians John Candy um, mm -hmm. Cheech and Chong and um, uh, within these wraparounds it's just basically one effed up scene after another from 50s 60s 70s movies that are just like head-scratching demented uh stuff from uh, from the bowels of hollywood and 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 show business itself and so uh it, it's a comedy it's a it's an odd thing it's a comedy documentary mixtape yeah. from 1982 which is and i thought about this too the other day it's um this played theaters <laughs> like if you guys it's on youtube you could check it out but just imagine you're sitting in a theater and i've seen some people comment and say yeah, I was the only person in the theater when this came out. <laughs> well, and so, uh, have we started the clock yet? Uh, we haven't started the clock yet. So. No, just I oh, wanted shit. to give a yeah. basic preface. All right, of, well, no um, cheating, no, no cheating. No cheating, but that is that is what we're talking about tonight. It came from Hollywood, and of course, right. your description, uh, Tom, is, it, it, you know, this movie to me is very Tom, so it's apropos that we're doing this tonight for your birthday uh but before right. we get into that just real quick shout out uh to the one fucking hour patreon of course patreon.com slash one fucking hour is where you can sign up for just five dollars a month and get an instant access to our bonus shows and all of our feature length audio commentary tracks and we have just uploaded our latest bonus episode kind of themed around you know the birthday episode a little bit where we're going to be talking about the movies that made us we're getting into the movies that you know inspired us, shaped us uh, from youth. Uh, maybe even something that you've seen recently that's had a profound effect uh, okay. on you. That sort well, of I, yeah, it's know? it's a lot of it's like um, movies that made a big impression on us each individually. You know, yes, and, and why you know yeah right and and kind of shaped and molded you into the person you are today. What are those? What yeah. are those impactful films? So. We're talking about that. Uh, we recorded that episode. It's right up now at the One Fucking Hour Patreon, so you can listen to that. It was sort of like, oh, I see films can be dreams. Because yeah. the only, I didn't think of, mm. I couldn't think of any relatable film. Mm. Nothing on TV and no Gilligan's mm. Island. This just felt like, oh, this is like a huge dream is happening. I was haunted by it, but not like, oh, it's terrible and it's a nightmare and I hate it. But I was like, yeah. I want more. Yeah. Like, what is this? Wow. And if film can be like this, I got to keep going down this rabbit hole. And I remember just, I was seriously like six years old. I would be like just th wander around thinking about that last few minutes of deep yeah. end. Dude. It's very visceral. Again, that is patreon.com slash one fucking hour. Or if you want all your shit on YouTube, uh, you can scroll underneath this video, click the join button and become a moment of the YouTube channel. <laughs> Five bucks a month as well there. Same perks, same benefits, same shit, uh, whatever you want to do. But we appreciate oh, yeah. your support. Thank you very much. Um, all right, so shall we get into the episode? Shall we do it? Set that clock. Let's do it. All right. Here comes the countdown clock, the one-hour clock, and we will start right now. 
All right, Tom, you sort of gave a, a, a synopsis already uh, to what this is, uh, but just for the formalities of the program, this is uh, what I have just from Wikipedia on what it came from Hollywood is is a 1982 American comedy documentary film compiling clips from various B-movies. We'll get into that word a little later. Written by Dana Olson and directed by Malcolm Leo and Andrew Salt. The film features wraparound segments and narration by several famous comedians, including Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Gilda Radner, and Cheech and Chong. Sections of It Came From Hollywood focus on guerrilla pictures, anti-marijuana films, and the works of Ed Wood, and much, much, much more. But so, Tom, why, um, let's start off with just kind of, why was this your birthday pick? And tell us a little bit about that. Right, right. Well, in keeping with uh, what I have been doing, uh, the first two picks, the first two birthdays were um, kind of movies that made me in some way. Yeah. Uh, and they were just movies that when I was a, a young lad, um, just like hit me, you know, right between the eyes with a ball peen hammer. And uh, so that was those two. But this one is more that kind of thing. Maybe you, some of you can relate to this. There's some movies that were on cable every day, literally, and um, this was one of them. I think we've talked about this before, when it was a, a cheap kind of Who Cares movie on like HBO, yeah. they would just play it five times as much as playing it once uh, yeah, a week yeah, for uh, right. like The Shining or something. So, yeah. so anyway, so this was on constantly, and it was very entertaining to me because when I grew up around this time, it's the early 80s, I was really into, at the library, the local library, they had all these books, the Golden oh. Turkey books. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, Wait, hold so, it up. Uh, Let me see These are by uh, the Medved brothers, Michael and, and Harry Medved. And so I uh, would read these books. And this was like all I cared about. And I was thinking today that for me, this was comedy to uh, really dig into these movies. Um, they were, it was as funny as like a, a, a sketch comedy or a stand up or funnier to me. It was mm -hmm. like, these movies are fucking hilarious, but they're also super weird. Yeah. And like, they're also super like, uh, am I reading this right? Like, I'd have to read it again. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. There's a movie uh, where Burgess Meredith has a nude scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's in one of those books. It's like, um, it says like worst nude scene in movie history. And it's like, he wins. It's like a competition, <laughs> the structure of these books. And like, he wins the worst nude scene. And yeah, he's nude and, and such good friends, right? So when I was a kid, I was like, okay, they don't teach this in school, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like what I'm trying to say is like, they don't teach this in film school, like right. Fellini and Bergman, and no one's like, yeah, yeah, the, the movie with the nude Burt Meredith, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. there's no other way to endeavor into this yep. other than people who are getting into like bad movie stuff. So mm -hmm. I was the very- The famous home. kind of like point of reference from that book is like uh, uh, that- the Ed Wood quote about him being given an award for being the worst director of all time is from the Golden Turkey book. Wow. Right, from it's the first one, the 50 worst movies of all time. Wow. The first okay, book those guys yeah. wrote in 1978. Yeah. So wow. well, anyway, just to explain like uh, how this, this the thing is like, I love this stuff anyway already. Mm -hmm. And then around that time, some weird 1982 sort of like mixtape movie came out called It Came From Hollywood. And I was just like, whoa, because... <laughs> Again, you have to remember this was so long ago. I mean, VHS tapes kind of happening, but like 
there wasn't really a place to see incredibly strange monsters who became mixed up zombies right. um, to, no, to see the trailer. Right. It's like, where am I going to see the trailer? There's right. no True. YouTube, of course. <laughs> and it's just like, so I was like, wow, this movie has the trailer for this film that looks like shut down, <laughs> lights out, insane. Like, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's as wild as its title, incredibly <clears throat> strange monsters who became mixed up zombies and, you know, yeah, and the rest of it. So I was just like, I am fucking in, dude. And so, um, like, uh, it was, it was, it was catnip and it was funny and also weird. And it was just, uh, basically simply stated, these were my favorite books, the golden Turkey books. This was the golden Turkey movie. So of course I watched it habitually and I can quote, I still quote lines from it all the time in my head, you know? Um, <laughs> and then the last thing is it's like, it, there's a literal connection. Um, the Medved brothers who wrote these books, they were consultants, of course. Of course, when it came from Hollywood. So there's <clears throat> direct connection, you know. Right. So that's, right. that's why I picked it. Yeah, and so you know, one thing we were talking about before we were rolling uh, on this. Now, I had, I have never seen this film uh, oh, okay. before tonight. I never. I mean, have you heard of it? Never even heard. Never really even heard of it before oh. you started talking about it. No, oh, no, no. Okay. Because you know, I'm from the generation, of course, which is more mystery science theater three thousand, which of course sure. we'll talk about tonight. I'm sure. Um, this idea of, you know, I mean, I, I'm actually from, you know, Minnesota where the show is from. So it was a huge sort of, you know, that. local cultural artifact was MST3K back in the day. Very cool. And so that's my reference point for sort of lampooning, if you will, bad movies. That's, that's mm -hmm. my touch point for it. I'm sure like a lot of others too, but when you watch, it came from Hollywood. It's like, oh my God, this is mystery science before mystery science. Uh, 10 years before, or I mean, I know they were doing it in the 80s, but like uh, roughly 10 on, years yeah. before mm -hmm. it was on television, like, you know, cable or whatever. Right. So um, that was amazing to see. And we were sort yeah. of talking about before we started rolling this, this idea of, you know, with films like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, you know, mm -hmm. and films like Birdemic, uh, you know, mm -hmm. shout out. We had the Birdemic's director on an <laughs> episode right. of one That's one of our show, episodes. <laughs> talking about the birds. What the hell were we thinking? But <clears throat> yeah, he, um, <laughs> he uh, uh, you know, people know Birdemic. They know The Room. They know Miami Connection, whatever. If you want to classify a traditional sort of bad movie that we look yeah. at in a different way or appreciate. Samurai Cop, you know. Yeah, you're right, right, of course. So, um, but, you know, this was a phenomenon that goes back right 50 60 years exactly and, and if you guys will indulge birthday boy i just want to give some bullet points um about how far back it does go maybe not as far back as you think or further than you think so yeah really the big year that i'm understanding is and let me clarify what i'm saying so there's there's been appreciation of camp and that goes back to the 50s and 60s you know yeah uh, post-world war ii camp it's more of like a gay subculture kind of thing and more about like campy appreciation of hollywood um yeah like glamour and like overacting and that's there is an intersection with quote-unquote bad movie love and art but, film you know, too art film you know like kuchar and you know and stuff right is kind of a oh, celebration totally of that stuff. right but yeah. they're influenced by yeah trash as was right, john right. waters influenced right, by right, trash. Right, but no right. so 1972 what i mean is 1972 seems to be the watershed year where it's like hey full stop let's actually start looking closer and watching and enjoying uh, just a movie that's not good, that's a disaster <laughs> for all different kinds of very entertaining reasons. So right. I found this thing, Lester Bangs, the famous uh, rock critic, he wrote for Cream Magazine. He wrote an article in 1972, 1972, when no one else was covering any of this stuff, certainly not in rock criticism, and certainly not this director. He 
wrote a big loving piece on Ray Dennis Steckler's Incredibly Strange Creatures. And it's a, it's amazing to watch because this guy is like, you know, he's reviewing Stooge's Funhouse over here or like, you know, like, uh, you know, the Bowie album. And then he's like, okay, can we talk about this movie that no one knows? The title sounds fake. What, what are these stills? Who is this weird guy with three names, Ray Dennis Steckler? Why is this happening? And he caught it. And this is where a lot of this happened. You know, being stoned at three in the morning playing on local television on yes. channel nine <laughs> and he talks about that that's in the article so a lot of this development is being stoned at three in the morning yes. and watching late night television so oh. uh the other Beautiful. thing is there was some midnight movie uh, stuff happening because midnight movies mostly early on were um just trippy movies wild movies performance and uh, you know uh, of course el topo and everything as we covered but then slowly but surely they started dipping their toe into like this is just weird and terrible and strange and i swear to god hersher gordon lewis's blood feast <laughs> played midnight movie screens in 1972 like along with el topo and pink flamingos like and that's a wild thought dude because 72 people are still freaking out and long hair and marijuana and like you know mm -hmm. uh it's not i didn't think that it went that far back where people would be laughing at like florida 1963 gore you know right. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean that's a cool yeah. thought so because right, because because blood feast is 63 that's like yeah. 10 years before so right it's 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 recirculating like an older right. film to watch right. in a completely new context is right is like blood feast is what you're saying is yeah crazy. that's weird and then just one of the last little things really early on is as i said before john waters yeah. um he's of course a godhead about this stuff and he would just see everything you know he's a movie fiend and he would just go uh when he was going to nyu and just see any pig slop insane bullshit <laughs> and just uh, and he loved it he just he was like yeah. oh i you know i dismember mama mm. you know like mm. crazy fat ethel like sign me up so he has been <laughs> a true hero of true proper bad movie love of course he's an og mm. but then just to transition into this um it's getting into the mid and late 70s there's um the new music the new sounds are more based on like um american trash there's mm -hmm. a big influence there and like like just like uh you know garbage for its uh, garbage's sake or maybe there's art in garbage and whatever and so for instance like a band like devo uh are very much are influenced by trash culture trash films and yep. they covered a song from like uh, war of the gargantuans like a, a godzilla movie <laughs> yeah. and that was pretty unheard of like in rock and roll but like that's an early early example of that stuff right. devo but then like you know it started becoming quite ubiquitous in the 80s like it really was peaking where this when this film came out it became quite hip from midnight movies early vhs and again late night tv watching and that's where the psychotronic mm. uh, zine started in the yep. early 80s and you know what you know what psychotronic was and then i'll clam up and move on <laughs> psychotronic used to just be a listing of local late night television that's amazing that's wild yeah that's if amazing. you look it up there's i think some pdfs of the of the stuff from like 1980 it wasn't anything more than just a functional thing. Hey, you live in New York City. Yeah. And like, dude, Channel 9 on Thursday is fucking the green slime. Don't miss yeah, it. Man. Oh, <laughs> love the green slime. And there that's the thing. That's just one thing I'll say. And I'm going to throw it to you, Marcus, is, you know, a, a, a whole, to me, this whole thing really is, and I think how you get it came from Hollywood. And what I'm guessing is, you know, stony people staying up Definitely. late and it's cable TV, you know, the, especially though that local sort of horror host you know, vibe, you yes. know, as well, too. Totally. Of, like, staying 100%. up, watching that Sven shit. Sven Gulli. Sven yes. getting stoned and watching that shit. I mean, that has to be 100%.
uh, SCTV where, did it with Count Floyd. Mm-hmm. And um, what was that one like? Uh, the, the House of 3D. Yes, that's on SCTV, and it's sure. exactly right. There it know? is, and like, and, and I just got to say, like uh, Eugene Levy and SCTV basically did like a crazy, demented henchman, hunchback guy <laughs> who's exactly like Torgo in Manos, the hands oh, of fate. Oh, that'd be yeah. you know? now you're so, talking my shit. That's this my is shit. what we're talking. This is what the subject. Is, this is my you know? shit. Uh, but Marcus, what's your? Um, do you have any genesis with this movie in particular, or bad movies in general? What's your? deal well yeah bad movies in general was a big subject for me uh i did see this movie when i worked um, at the video store crazy mike's video in mm. the late 90s shout out and uh yeah i was a big mystery science theater person already oh. um so when i watched this at the time i didn't have a, quite the appreciation for the historical context of it when i saw sure. it like yeah as like a 18 year old or whatever you know but um but now I, I appreciate it now, and I think it was just hitting at the, at the right the wrong time for like, you know, it's it's I love those uh, SNL guys or like you know, Gilda or whatever they're in John Candy SCTV their sort of take on it in the movie now. But um, I didn't appreciate it at the time. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think uh, everything Tom was commenting on about the genesis of this thing coming up through the seventies, and I, I, is and how it intersects with us the americans fascination with trash culture is really interesting to me you know it's junk food bad movies surf music you know and and how that was intertwined with like you you mentioned devo being into this but also like the cramps you know did like human fly and they had they had a b-movie vibe the misfits whole band persona you know was b-movies or whatever yeah or you know every song is either a real bad movie or a theoretical one, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and that was from '78, and I, I love tracing this, uh, the history of this stuff, <clears throat> and I honestly always have, uh, you know, Godzilla movies was sort of the foundation for me, uh, watching Godzilla movies on TV as a kid, yeah. and that I think was just introducing to the idea that there's a whole nother world of movies that isn't like you know what other people are talking about, and oh. that there's a lot of them too because I would. As yes. a kid, I would tell people like, oh, that, you know, uh, King Ghidra's in this one, and the, there's the Destroy All Monsters, there's this one, and there's Son of Godzilla. You know, I kind of got into the categorization of and naming all the different Godzilla movies as a kid. And, uh, you know, uh, this Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was like another big movie for me. I don't know how I, I saw that. that. But uh, I yeah. saw that at that time when I was a kid, too. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, weirdly, yeah. I think it was kind of marketed towards kids, too, because like... Uh, I saw it and then like maybe like five years later they started making like a cartoon of it you know that was oh, like yeah, attack of the killer sure. tomatoes for kids oh yeah definitely right, very right. strange um yeah but uh even stuff like just referencing old movies was part of the fabric in the 80s there's that show muppet babies they would cut to like b movies or like old movies in the show you know, um, huh. yeah, they would like to sort of like accent like the whatever actions going on to the show. They would cut huh. over to like a pirate movie or like a well, monster movie we'll or something. <laughs> um, there's that show Dream On. Do you remember that? For like the early yeah. 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. They would cut away to TV shows and stuff. So right. uh, and Elvira, of course, was really big in the 80s. Totally. So there were all these things oh. going on. Um, and, and big uh, Joe Bob Briggs, you know. Oh, oh yeah. I mean. Yeah. He was really big for me just personally. And, and then I, let me just finish this. Then I will shut up from taking so much time talking. But um, I, <laughs> my uh, Joe Bob, when I was a kid, uh, you know, he was actually just a writer for like, um, I don't know if it was syndicated, but it was in Texas. 
he wrote articles reviewing drive-in movies and um, my dad would cut them out and mail them to me. So I'd get, every once I'd get a Joe Bob Briggs article in the mail reviewing drive-in movies. Wow. And then later on, wow. he started doing all the TBS shit, you know. And it became so like, like a, not a local thing, but a national thing. Yeah, so I, I got to know his character just through his oh, writing, shit. you know, wow. um, as a kid. So all this stuff added up for me, like, you know, the B-movie or just bad movies in general – um, I love that it's a that's something that really resonates in America, and uh, you know I feel like other countries don't have it as much. They don't appreciate this, you know. Um, even though there is that Ado Cairo quote <laughs> that is on the back of like so many of these bad right. movie B movie books. This is who now a director. So there's this uh, f- French film um, critic, you know, mm-hmm. from like the 60s and 70s, like 50s and cinema. 70s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he, he had a, a magazine, I think, called Le Surrealism au Cinema. And there's a quote. You see it all the time. And he, he says, like, I beg you to learn to see bad films. They are sometimes sublime. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's a quote. From, I don't know the exact year, but it is. It's from the, the article. The magazine ran from like 52 to 63. So it yeah. might be it's probably early, early, you know. You yeah. know if, I can, if I can just say, I mean, um, I think actually France, specifically France, was into as we all know the Caida cinema, yep. and um, you know how Godard's Breathless is greatly influenced by, you know the the literal B movie genre of like the po- poverty row post World War II uh, Hollywood films, but they also were early in understanding just insane schlock. There's a great yeah. magazine the French had called out Midi Midi Minuit or something. Um, <laughs> I can't, I'm not pronouncing it well. But like, you know, on the cover, you'd see them endeavoring in uh, Godzilla movies and trash. And this is like 1967, you know. So the French were pretty good about, Mm -hmm. um, I think the word is appreciation of of, of obtaining like like some insight um, into how... And this is another thing for me, if if I might, there's, there's, it's all funny and everyone, it's fun to make fun of. And and of course, there's so much fodder to make fun of these movies. And it's so rich. And I love Mission Science Theater, Mm -hmm. love Riff Tracks. But like, there's also that accidental surrealism that you were referencing before, and I think the French kind of more than anybody yes. were, little, were really early on that, understanding that like, this is so bad. It's just like, what am I even looking at here? And I call it <laughs> just for myself the Blackenstein rule. And just you know, going back to when I was a kid, um, I saw uh, in some <clears throat> magazine or something like uh, an ad, the ad art for Blackenstein, you know, and I just was, you know, I'm like ten years old, and I'm like. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Hold on. This exists. This is, this came out, and like it's got this title, and there's a poster, and it's like, hey, yeah, can I get two tickets to Blackenstein at three thirty? But then I also, you know, I think like this is my rule here. It's like, it's so absurd where it's like, oh, I just got into a huge argument with my wife, and like she's like, where are you, honey? And dinner's getting cold. And it's like, listen, we're having lighting rig problems on Blackenstein, yeah. and um, you know, and she's like, you and Blackenstein. That's all you ever talk about is Blackenstein. It's like this is important to me. Like, like we're we're closing in. This is one of the last shooting days of Blackenstein, and it's just like what I'm saying is is the inherent absurdity of it because not only is the title insane, but yeah, Blackenstein. This is when I was a kid. I remember going like his 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 an afro because it's the 70s, right? It's a black exploitation movie, but it's square. <laughs> it's sort of generally addressed like the uh, Boris oh. Karloff square head, and I'm just like, is everyone? It was in, it was a kind of madness again. Yeah. Back to we're saying it's funny, but it's also surreal. It's like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And and the fact that this is what always got me is like someone could just make a joke and say, oh, Blackenstein, or do a comic book, but this is a feature film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that has like union guys and construction <laughs> and you have to yeah. see it and sit in the theater. Like it's so formally it takes a lot. existing and it's yeah. insane at the same time. Yeah, it takes and a lot of hands. To me, it takes a village. Life, it's been beautiful. That, it takes yeah, a village for that. Yeah. Another one in right. that same realm that that's also referenced in it, it came from Hollywood is the thing with two heads, which I saw early oh, on too. 100%. And just the the movie where they wow, it's a rich white guy, right, who dies and mm-hmm. um, oh, he's going to die, and they take his head and sew it onto a black man's it's, body. It's so super then insane. football player then, Rosie Greer. Yeah. Right. Right. And just that image of, and it's so poorly executed, of course. Terrible, you know, yeah. you can see how they do it. He's yeah. just and, he's the actor <laughs> wearing the same shirt, standing right? behind Rosie Greer. Oh, right. And like <laughs> n- nudging his shin on his in Rosie Greer's shoulder. Like, I'm at the second head here, and it's yeah. like, wow. Yeah, it's in. It came from Hollywood. That's can, right. That's when can, I first saw it, and I was just like, uh, th- that's Blackenstein rule. It's like this exists. This was taken seriously by a large group of of yeah. adults because right. even when you're a kid you're like what are you adults doing like yeah and, well there's like happening? there's like cigar chomping figures who are you know depending on this you know yeah. somewhere in a <laughs> and it's like poorly uh, lit room i'm telling you <laughs> yeah, like right. we got to pick up sales <laughs> yeah. for blackenstein like it's Let me, dying like more print ads can you know? i can i just <laughs> comment on a few things about that that you were saying one is about first you were talking about the surrealism you know, which the unintentional surrealism, I think, is what really captured my imagination with these movies in where it's, yeah, what you're saying, it's not necessarily only about making fun of something or, you know, lampooning it. It, it is this appreciation, this like you're oddly compelled to this thing that is so strange, your brain can barely wrap your head around it. So <clears throat> real quick for me, Mystery Science was my gateway uh, sure. When I, it was on, it was on uh, Comedy Central. You know, I was watching that in the early '90s, Dude. all the time. Same the here. first video store job I ever got, the 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 manager of the store had every episode taped on Ooh. on every episode wow. on VHS. So he had the whole <laughs> library, you know, kind of Didn't before. They have a phrase about the tapes, like at the end of every episode, I would say. Uh, Keep circulating the tapes. You guys know. What I'm oh about? yeah, uh, it, was he, a, it was an underground thing, literally like tape uh, trading. D- oh, dude, mm. it was it was amazing, and he had them all. He had all the episodes where they weren't available mm. at that time because right, they right. only released certain mm-hmm. amounts of them. But so I got to see all the deep cuts, and I got really into this, and so I started to kind of watch other weird, bad films that were not MST3K, but they were of that ilk. And I want to shout out just one real quick because Please, I can't wait. this movie really <laughs> fucking warped my head. Talk about unintentional surrealism. I'm talking about Don Dohler's Alien Factor. Anyone? Dude. Anyone? Uh, Absolutely. You know, Cinematic Titanic, which is yeah. an offshoot of Mystery Science, they did a really good uh, riff on it recently, oh, or dude. a few years ago. Dude, so Alien Factor dude, has, you know, because it's, it's weird... You know, like the scale of weird, bizarre alien creatures in a suburban setting. So you have, you know, like they're like adjacent to like, you know, sort of like a cul-de-sac, you know, neighborhood. Like 16 millimeter Maryland. Yeah, 16 millimeter Maryland. But you're seeing like nine foot tall, like centaur aliens in in that context. With harsh electronics. uh, Yes, yes, yes. Amazing. Definitely oh, worth amazing. checking that out. And then the other wow. thing I just wanted to quickly respond to, and then I'll shut up, is um, <clears throat> talking about the, um, you know, another thing that really captured my imagination with bad movies in general was the idea of exactly where you were going with that phone call, is the idea of you immediately also 
imagine obviously the world within the movie that they're creating, but also the people making it. Who totally. are these fucking people? Totally. What are they doing? You know, and how did this mm -hmm. like seeing the Mystery Science Theater episode, Manos Hands of Fate, you immediately Dude. think about the crew. Who's the boom operator on this fucking movie? You always think about that. And this really also captured my imagination and another bad movie shout out. Tom, I think you're a fan of this one. Frankenstein Island was another. Oh, huge. Yeah. I think we've talked about it on the program before, but. I hope so, yeah. This, th this movie I absolutely love too, because that's also a weird time capsule, right? Because it's a it guy. Came out. It came out around the same time it came from Hollywood. Right. Like, it's one of those rare things where it's basically a 50s yeah. schlock. It's like a caveman movie, but it's from movie. 81. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's well, a caveman director. It's like he kind of thawed out of you know the ice and then right. came to make a new like, movie. Yeah, from the we, we did talk about this before where it's like, yeah. what? What's the deal? I yeah, made right. a movie like this last month. And it's like, yeah. Don, that was 1965. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but Frankenstein Island captured my imagination so much that one of my first movies I ever made was a movie called Frankenstein Island that was a sort of mockumentary of making one of these movies and imagining who the people would be that are helming <laughs> these films and who the singular creative voices were. And that took me on a weird journey, too, because as of course, you know, we've talked about I got into that. I got into you know, Birdemic, uh, just you know, discovering that film, a very sort of <laughs> strange, bad movie that we discovered. It's part in of Sundance. the history of everything we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it put me on a path. Bad movies are a huge part of, you know, totally. my ethos. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah. if we could actually, well, you also did a show briefly uh, for a while called The uh, the Outsiders. That's right. Yeah, we I did a show for Vice. It's four episodes, and it was sort of like a little travelogue uh, sort of thing where we would profile these types of filmmakers, big dreamers, filmmakers who had big dreams of wanting right. to achieve mainstream success. And they make this film that's sort of in, inadvertently, unintentionally mm -hmm. strange and crazy and cracked and nightmarish. And then we sort of profiled their lives. Who are they? Where do they live? Who are their friends? I you know, that. who are their family? And, and it was very well, fun. Shout out to them. I, th I thought maybe we could dovetail into getting into some of the chunks of the actual film. It came from Hollywood because... Uh, I find this interesting. Like, there's there's sort of a subcategory of what we're talking about tonight in the in the history of all this. There's um, around 1978, there became an appreciation for Ed Wood Jr. Oh, um, I yeah. think it, it largely it was like you're saying, Marcus. They said, boom, boom, he's the worst director of all time in the uh, the the 50 worst films of all time book from mm -hmm. 1978. But they, it started having screenings, like some prestigious screenings, and it started getting some press. And um, what I'm saying is. Um, the appreciation there's the appreciation of like oh it's a bad movie over here and there but how about the auteurs of bad films and yeah. ed wood is the first yep. example but what i'm saying is you continued that um evan where you were endeavoring with um you know james huen of uh Birdemic and um you know and uh, the outsider show that you did but in the film uh you know it came from hollywood they have a whole piece on ed wood jr and um i think that really broke a lot of ground in people appreciating him yeah and uh his charms and how idiosyncratic he is he's in his other film, Glenn or Glenda, yep. and he's, uh, you know, he in real life he was kind of trans, uh, cross-dressing at least, whatever term was used then, mm -hmm. and um, he's the star of the film, and he's you know in women's clothing, and it's just what I'm, my point is, it's just it's so intensely personal. Yeah, he's it's that dreamer thing. You just said that word, it's a perfect word. It's a dreamer, yeah. and it's this quixotic idea of like <clears throat> I want to take over Hollywood. I want to be Edward yeah. Junior of the yeah. lights mm -hmm. and the marquee, yeah. and like they're totally clueless that they don't have 
the necessary talent, but they're also, they have the malady of being quite misshapen mentally in one way or another. But they're so driven. it's impossible for them to, to like super, cross the finish line and get an Oscar. Mm -hmm. So um, Yeah, but they're super so, driven. They're like, you know, but, but they're driven. by any exactly. means necessary, we're going to do this. Right. Yeah. And you can feel that. So yeah. so anyway, I, I think what's cool about this movie is that they carve out a big chunk for Ed Wood Jr. Yeah. Uh, and they basically, you know, like he's the only director featured prominently and uh, came from Hollywood. But then if it's funny you think about it, 10 years later, 10 years later, <laughs> this, uh, this director is being portrayed by Johnny Depp. Unbelievable. Oscar nominated, hugely popular, beloved classic. I love yeah. that movie. Me too. Yeah, and it's a great movie. And I don't really it's a great one. like Homeboys movies, but it's great. <laughs> TB? Yeah. No, totally. And, and of course, he had a huge appreciation for it. And uh, But it is really cool in this movie, It Came From Hollywood, that you sort of get this bio of, this mini bio of who Edward yeah. Jr. is. Like this little mm -hmm. kind of, ed, you know, this little like explainer package of who he is mm -hmm. and his movies and then spotlighting details of the yes. movies, like kind of mm -hmm. guiding your hand and showing you what specifically bad or failed, you know, about right. his work. You know, and it really helped me when I was a kid because I'd heard, oh, it's the worst movie of all time. But then, and it came from Hollywood, literally, specifically, John Candy is breaking yes. it down when you're watching scenes from the film. And he says, all right, so Bela Lugosi's the star. That's kind of weird. And then he dies in the <laughs> middle of the shoot. So, of course, the solution for this crazy, driven yep. auteur yep. is to say, all right, so we lost Bela Lugosi. Let's get my chiropractor who's <laughs> two, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, who's like, you know, six foot two, Quite, you know, almost twice as big as Bela Lugosi, and just to have him drape something over his head, face, and no one yeah. noticed the difference. And I was just like, when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, now we're talking." Yeah, like I, you know, knowing that detail was very cool. Definitely, you know? right. and that's one of those. And those are all the famous sort of details of the film are yeah. referenced in of the story of the making of Plan Nine are referenced in this movie and those are the ones that are written on the back of the boxes or reviews and i've read that thing about um paul what's his name with the gun like, that's so amazing. many times but yeah, I've, yeah you know i've seen that so many people comment on that but it's so funny to take to trace it all back to this movie i know that sort of like captured all of the all of the little legends all the little lore into one area you know and it's seeded out into like you know the psyche of all these yeah. uh, and then you get the big the film edward mm -hmm. um and so so anyway i just wanted to shout out like the uh there's an early appreciation of the auteurs of the quote unquote bad film, which mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're endeavoring into today, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and we were talking before and I was, what I love about bad movies as much as anything is it'll never end because I just watched a riff tracks on a movie <laughs> that came out like months ago, mm -hmm. like in 2022, mm. uh, called paradise motel. And it's fucking fried, dude. It's fried. <laughs> but it came out like hey. you know during the Biden administration. Yeah. <laughs> Minted. Hey. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. right on, and Speaking it'll never end. It means like ten years from now, there's going to be some new auteur just going, dude. going uh, ham on on movies. Right. So, Speaking of fried, go ahead. Okay, Mar Marcus, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, geez. Well, now I feel like I'm jumping around a little bit, but I do have to say this because it is it's this yeah. tension between the people making the bad films and the people curating them for audiences, right? Mm -hmm. And there's been this continuum from this era of this movie on all the way through to today, like red letter media, even with their best of the yeah, worst yeah. and stuff. Um, but uh, you know, in the, in the middle, there are all these little interesting strands too. And I just had to call up a couple of them because um, I felt like a lot of times in the early days, it was very centered on like horror and sci-fi Z grade movies that people totally. would watch. Like the horror film hosts, you mentioned Sven Gulli. you know, I didn't have a local Sven Gulli in my town. 
because Elvira had already eaten you know everybody's lunch and was already <laughs> the biggest sort of horror host when I was a kid doing Budweiser ads at every 7-Eleven would be a giant like six foot tall uh, Elvira <laughs> cut out you know oh, she yeah. was huge yeah. but there were other people um, you know like USA Up All Night was oh. like one of the mm-hmm. first times I saw someone to Mm-hmm. just like uh, more, well, first of all, it's like more recent movies, like 80s, you know, yeah, and they were yeah. teen movies, teen sex comedies. It wasn't just horror movies, but it was the same kind of formula where you've got like a host who's like pointing out silly things in the in the movies. And and then um, there was also a another huge torchbearer, I think, was just something weird video. And they're, oh, uh, you know, oh, yeah. they're, all their VHS boxes looked, you know, had that, that distinct look. You know, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, you'd mm-hmm. see them at the store. And uh, then they also had this like real wild cinema sh- TV show, yeah. which I, I can't. Sandra Bernhard hosted it, and mm-hmm. I think they basically leaned on the Something Weird Video Library for those films. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I don't know exactly what the relationship was, but you'd see like Nude on the Moon or like Night of the Lepest or Ooh. the God Monster of Indian Flats. Oh. You know, yeah. all these movies. Um, uh, anyway, I just that that guy, the the guy, I forget his name, the founder of something weird video, seems to be a to uh, me Michael like a, uh, Vrenny. Yeah, that's yeah, very great. Yeah. Uh, Michael Vrenny, I think it is a big it. sort of connective tissue in like passing oh, all these films totally. along. They would totally. just be gone. You know? Well, the yeah. thing is, you know, I was talking about something that was kind of interesting to me, where you know, you, I'm watching it came from Hollywood, back to that film, mm-hmm. and it's like. Uh, you know, the availability of this stuff was quite difficult. It's like, I mean, maybe VHS would happen, but a lot of times this stuff wouldn't be on VHS. I remember, yeah. I got to be honest with you guys, me and my friends watched Manos Hands of Fate in the late 80s. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, way before <laughs> Mystery Science Theater. Shit. Because we were tape trading. Back to the BJ Lang references I was making. Mm-hmm. The guy we taped, uh, well, not tape traded, but we bought tapes from him. We got BJ Lang. We also got Manos. Oh. And like he had, he endeavored in, this is the late 80s, he got bootlegs. So, we were seeing this remarkable stuff that wasn't even on the VHS market, but again, the VHS market in the early '80s was, you know, pretty thin. So um, just seeing stuff like this, like you'd you'd mm-hmm. see an ad for it, you'd read about it in a in a reference book. I used to read reference books in the library just to like get a detail and like, you yeah, know, like the richness of actually seeing this film, these these scenes at least in this film was special. And that's back to this film, making it so so uh, particularly in, in, in enjoyable. Like, um, I got to say, there's one highlight. Where I was like, I was blown away. I was like, okay, this is kind of the rest of my life. Thank you. There's this great <laughs> section. Cheech and Chong present basically like reefer madness drug movies. Yeah, and it's 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 one of the better chunks in the it film. Is. It but is. it ends with uh, the weird world of LSD. Okay, <laughs> right. And uh, it's it's still a very obscure film, but it's black and white. It's like 1966, and it's this like teenage kid on a couch uh, like staring into space and going flapping his arms and there's a cartoon chicken mm-hmm. going like, I love that yeah spread your wings and fly <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I swear you know I'm like 11 years old and I was like I didn't. I didn't know they made films like this. I didn't know that that was like you could sign up for that. Like, can I get black and white, LSD, 
chickens mm-hmm. confusing <laughs> yeah. like like yeah, yeah demented yeah. and like and like it was right in front of me and like that's still not that easy a film to find you know what i mean no so, no i've been looking for it forever by the way because of this scene in the movie it stuck with me too that's and, cool um, i've downloaded every lsd movie that something weird video put out or you know whatever like i've all those little sid davis warning don't do lsd kind of movies I have, I've never found it. Alice in Acid Land, whatever. I've been oh, always sure. looking for that scene. So, yeah. Real quick, My parents brother? had Reefer Madness as a, when I was on VHS when I was a kid, nice. which I wondered now, like, did they get into it from this movie or was it just culturally, you know, a carryover well, from the Midnight actually, Movie thing in the 70s? If, if I might, I did forget a chunk. I was talking about the, the early, early proto-history, proto excuse me, and how 1972 was a very big watershed year. I forgot to mention that this was huge reefer madness started playing like basically it was this simple there was a group called normal uh you know the organization to legalize marijuana and in the early 70s one of them just stumbled somehow maybe at like like a thrift store or something wow. a reel of film a 16 millimeter reel and it was reefer madness wow and uh it was otherwise <laughs> lost to history love unknown, that love that unreferenced of you know grade d movie and he stumbled on it and they went and they watched it and they were like, this is fucking hilarious if you're high, if you're a long-haired <laughs> hippie freak and you're stoned and you're watching all these square people basically, you know, just fall apart and you know? lose their minds and jump out of a window because they smoke, you know, two puffs of pot. So re- and so they played it like once and it was for um, the normal, you know, legalization organization uh, fundraiser and it became this fundraising thing and it traveled that one wow. guy found around the country as a midnight movie and that even more than and before uh, Blood Feast, that was the first formal, wow. this is bad, let's watch it and yeah. get stoned and have fun and watch El Topo tomorrow. Yeah. We're watching this. So Reefer Madness is very important. And again, yeah. back to the movie, it came from Hollywood. Cheech and Tong do, do, do a great serviceable job yeah. addressing the campy silliness <laughs> of Reefer Madness. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, now that you're saying that too, I am definitely getting uh, a flashback here that I know that my dad was also very big into reefer madness. And I'm pretty sure he talked about it a lot growing up as a yeah. kid. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was, if he saw it way back then, One or if it was like midnights. a tour bus, you know, tape trade, which he had a lot of growing up sure. was like the tour bus tapes, you know, and oh, uh, classic mm-hmm. legendary. It was the go-to reference for my folks too. To, to yeah. I mean, talk about huge, yeah. huge. So real quick, I want, I do want it cause we brought up Cheech and Chong and, just to kind of talk a little bit more about the actual movie, it came from Hollywood. Yeah, is um, to me, you know, we were talking about you know staying up late, watching cable, getting high, you know, and and loving this kind of weird fucking crazy shit. And I think the Cheech and Chong aspect of this movie is what really is working the it's best. Spot on. It's yeah. spot on because. <laughs> It is, it is, it's exactly where you can tell the genesis of all of this came from because all those guys are druggy guys on SNL and everything. And so are they. And so, but like watching in, I think it's one of the first or second segments, obviously, you know, where they're at the concession stand, it's a little vignette, you know, where they get all the snacks and then they go in and then it's the whole section of like really small people and really tall people, which is incredible. First, First movie where, uh. A pussy eats a guy. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, my favorite line that I actually fucking I I fucking cackled at was when it's that I don't know what the fuck the movie is, but it's that really like the guy who keeps growing and he's like yeah, uh, I think it's the amazing colossal man. Okay, yeah, okay. And he's there and he's like uh I don't wanna grow anymore and then like just don't wanna grow anymore. 
I don't want to grow anymore. Except maybe some hair. Cheech says, uh, except some hair, <laughs> you know, whatever. That is so stony humor, dude. No, that is a sleeper scene in the movie. Like, because <laughs> of course it's more famous that they're doing reefer madness riffing, you know? Yeah. But um, when they do the like really small guy and then the really big guy, all that stuff is so funny. Cause, so funny. See, that's the thing. I think, here's the thing, actually, specifically the Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, I know for a fact that that was being lauded as like accidental surrealism by the french and by like, art house people Definitely. like way back to the late 50s and 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 what i'm saying is when i when you see it as a kid in this movie and it came from hollywood there is this like inherent surrealism because like it's a guy who's being like chased by a cat in a dollhouse yeah and it's just like yeah like an art film didn't do that, but a schlock, quote unquote, yeah. schlock 50s drive-in movie did it. Yeah. But the, the visual circumstance is as good as any surrealism. It's brilliant. Totally. And the guy who's too big, too. Like he like they make an enormous needle for him <laughs> yeah. to knock out. And then he just grabs the enormous needle and the scale yeah. of it like goes right through this guy like a saber and he's killed yeah. by this enormous needle it's syringe. So I mean, and it's like, weird. what am I looking at? Like, if yeah. You know, it's yeah. like to me the test of accidental surrealism is like if you take a still from it, it's like is it art? Is it weird? Well, that's art to the have thing. An enormous, like 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 a syringe that's bigger than the guy, like going right through his chest. I think it's like I the th giant gun in um, you know Holy Mountain or something almost. You know, well, it is. It does look like a still from. Well, it. here's the thing. I was going to say is that I got a huge, you know, ingredient and secret X factor sauce that a lot of these I think bad movies need to have is that sort of authenticity of like. You know, it's, yes. it's, 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 you know, it's, it's genuine. It's coming from a place of sincerity. Yes. There's no They're irony. We're just making a movie for drive -ins. We're just, for we're just like, okay, we got to make this thing. And, you know, this is the only effect we can to do this. And it's, so it's like, you know, we're cobbling it together, but it's all like for, you know, not, yeah. you know, it's, it's, in, right. it's not, it, yeah, it's, it's unintentional. It's not John Cocteau. No, 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 but it's unintentional mm -hmm. surrealism. And yeah. you as the audience, you the know best. that, and that's where the magic is is mm -hmm. right because it's not self-aware and that's what's so great right. about it exactly um, yeah yeah there's a yeah. humanity that you have to appreciate you know you kind yeah. of have to feel a little bit like you maybe if in that you kind of understand how things went wrong a little bit like yeah uh, if you were in that circumstance sure you know, your movie might turn out yeah. that bad too. but that's the best can part I, unintentional can i make another observation back to the film uh itself as we got 20 minutes here um there's something that i clued in on today seeing it for the first time in in a little while uh, <laughs> excuse me. There's one specific scene, and it really amuses me. It's in one of my other favorites, which is the musical section, oh, because yeah. uh, I was thinking like mm -hmm. almost always, uh, like when you're doing a music segment, you're gonna like either fail or uh, or succeed because it's like you're taking a risk. Like there's got to be a song and there's lyrics and the vocalist, mm -hmm. and, like, <laughs> and it just becomes like. Mm -hmm. What is this song? What the hell is this singing? What the yeah. hell are these lyrics? You know, it's just like you're in a you're in a weird place already, and you better be careful. And so they do a great montage of bizarre musical scenes. But there's this one really subtle moment that, to me, is like the kernel of the mystery science theater approach to this yeah. stuff. So let me yeah. let me break it down. So it's like uh, it's Gilda Radner talking about the Mondo musicals, weird musicals. And there's this quiet scene where it's like a bad Casablanca. Definitely inspired by Casablanca. She's more than beautiful. He's more than handsome. And she plays piano with a slow right hand. And uh, this guy walks into a bar and this woman's playing the piano. But she's playing 
you can tell with earnestly with like her one hand, but then her other hand is just like lax. It's just not doing anything. And she's like, I'm playing a song on the piano. And she's nothing. But then Gilda Radner just happens to say casually like, um, and he meets a girl, a girl with a lazy left hand or something like that. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. what I'm, it's not slow the right hand or something. Yeah. But, right. But what I'm saying is I noticed it's like, this is the, this is an example and maybe the first one of the core of the mystery science theater thing, because as mm-hmm. we're talking about things evolving in the old days, you would all be stoned in a in a theater at midnight and just laughing at reefer madness or mm-hmm. blood feast right it's like ah, yeah. and no one's like narrating it no one's on mics and no one's talking maybe you talk to your friend and you mystery science theater each other for totally second, like, everyone burn, did burn, like, yeah yeah right, like, gah, 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 gah. right. yeah <laughs> but the formal publicness of mystery science theater having in front of it like their 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 lawyers and on and on the witness stand is this film and they're like ruthlessly looking at every detail and they're like um yeah what's up with that guy's raincoat and like (laughs) are you sure you want to go with that line reading buddy and it's like what's up with those glasses and it's like can we drive a little slower can we like you know and it's just like and the the humor is in the ruthlessness of watching this this scrutiny scrutiny yeah, right. The scrutiny. Good word. The yeah. scrutiny of this film that can't talk back and it's just like on display and it's like, <laughs> leave me alone, guys. Like, come on, give me a break here. And it's just like, no, look at that and like this and that. So anyway, all I'm saying is I think maybe the beginning of that, the first example is this little moment about the weird way that woman's playing the piano <laughs> and, and it came from Hollywood. And it's I swear it's right out of the 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 um well, the the, uh, the tonality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Sensei, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I want to respond to that because you you mentioned that earlier before we started recording, and it's like, <clears throat> you know, I think through watching bad movies and where you are overanalyzing, scrutinizing the details and the choices, which is very fun to do because you're always being conscious of who's making them, right? And um, I think that like if you can appreciate watching a movie in that way, almost it's like then you then you sort of know how to also pick apart details in a good movie, you know, and yeah. pay attention to, mm-hmm. yes. to when things are right. You know, it's like you have to know how <laughs> totally. things are wrong and learn how to things are right and when something is also, and even sometimes a traditional wrong choice can be made in a bad movie, but that actually might be the best choice and the weirdest and the most surreal, as we were mentioning, which right. Right. that might be a good choice to inform you to when you're making something that isn't bad, you know, yeah. and so... It's 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 very interesting, and to see them it's in kind this, of the genesis of this show, almost <laughs> right. <laughs> one might say, one might say, yeah. and so, but I I think there's it's very interesting because you're in this. I don't know if we've mentioned on the show when we've talked about it, but in this movie, yeah, I mean, it is they are not only doing skits that are sort of, you know, like wraparound segments to these different you know buckets of you know bad movie ephemera, but they're also commenting and lampooning the films in live which is kind of you know that's obviously would become mystery science theater but yeah that's pretty fresh at that time it's to be very doing that. innovative i mean yeah you know like uh, and you know sometimes you know i'll say they're how can i put this like their riff gun jams more often than not <laughs> it's not always the funniest stuff in the world and i wonder who wrote the stuff like mm-hmm. i wonder if like john candy wrote his stuff stuff that he says but i have a feeling he, he i have a feeling only cheech and chong wrote their stuff right i, I think the others didn't but it, it feels like a new form almost you know so maybe they're playing it safe like i feel like this is like maybe the genesis of this was like or the pitch the elevator pitch for this was mm. like it's that's entertainment but it, they're all bad movies yeah. you know no, i think right. that I was the, the pitch that's exactly well, and then they goosed it. it a little bit with 
maybe when they watch the playback, like maybe they, they decided to goose it a little bit with the wraparounds oh, and maybe. the uh, maybe. and the yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Well, because I thought people, about it, people it's like, pointing out the the funny parts. You kind of need that. Yeah, in like, real time. Yeah. It com- it's well, it's also like proto audio commentary, kind of oddly. Enough. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's all very. It's a very fresh take on how to approach things. But it's funny. We're talking about this, Marcus. It's like I thought about um, how it looks like the money people, whoever they were, and how little money they had. But the people who were financing this insane endeavor, it came mm-hmm. from Hollywood, right? Everyone here was taking a risk. Like, are we going to make any money back here? Yeah, and I think they do, they were sort of trying to meet the normie audience halfway because mm-hmm. like what if they just what I'm saying is to money people they just said like it's 90 minutes and it's one insane scene from an insane movie after another and then it just stops mm-hmm. and it's like no we need to have something, something that grounds it like to have the audience's handheld like celebrities yeah John Candy's gonna walk you through this and like Gilda Radner's here mm-hmm. and it's gonna make sense but what I love is that they didn't because they could have overdone it. And um, they do have their their own scenes, which mm-hmm. are middle. You know, they're not that successful, except Cheech and Chong's, in my opinion. But um, yes, mine too. It's like uh, they do allow the films to breathe pretty well. You know, what yeah. I mean? and the commentary is light, and sometimes they don't do any commentary. You know, so I think I think that, if it um, was if it was too much back then, people would have reacted against it because they wouldn't be ready for someone to talk over that the movie too? the whole yeah, time. Like, they'd like, be like, I can't hear the movie over you yeah, talking. You right. Know? It was yeah. all so new. Exactly. Yeah. But one little thing that got me was <laughs> sort of getting back to the film again. From what I understand, this is a real film and it really played and has a poster and there was a trailer and it played movie theaters in 1982. It yeah. came out. Like, said that. Uh, yeah. like, like on Friday, I'm going to go mm-hmm. see, it came from Hollywood. But, um, like you know one of the things that got me was that i haven't seen any comment other than like i went and i was the only person in the room. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot and um, so um real so, quick so just all i'm saying is like i don't think it had any kind of successful run i'm sure it was a well, huge it bomb didn't, yeah i was reading this earlier just before we were recording and i was reading that it came out on vhs it was released on vhs and then i don't know how this happened but it was going to come out on dvd like paramount was going to put it out mm-hmm. on dvd and then, of course, they pulled it because maybe some rights issues or something right. that maybe, you know, of who owned what and they couldn't clear everything that it became insurmountedly like it was way too expensive. Like, it was cost for like five million dollars. So they actually yeah. yeah, but they actually like fucking just abandoned putting out the DVD. But there are copies of it out there, like with the Paramount. The- yes, like with the Paramount, oh. like band across the top or the bottom mm-hmm. or whatever and you can find but they're very expensive i guess there I guess. was a laser disc too yes i guess, yeah, I guess oh, so yeah. i gotta grab that but the dvd but, uh, i guess fetches there's a another price it's weird there's another movie in this genre from 84 that uh it's not quite the same thing but it's similar the terror in the aisles you know and it's our buddy donald pleasance yeah, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. is the main host and it's all just uh clip show basically a clip episode right, yeah. Yeah, with wrap feature length clip episode of horror movies you know it's like the scariest parts though yeah it's yeah. not really Can focusing I, on bad movies but yeah no, let no. me just let me just uh, I, I wanted to touch on one of my because just to go back to the musical section because yeah, remember let, let's do some chunks yeah because each of these uh this whole film is kind of broken up into one you know sort of snl cast member or and or john candy or Cheech and chong kind of present one little bucket, one little themed sort of bucket of, of bad movie material. And one of them is these kind of musical, I think this is from the musical part, but you'll have to correct okay. me if I'm wrong. I think I can help here. But it's, it's um, 
it's very proto MST3K to me because another style of humor that they would have on Mystery Science is they would sort of like pretend they were the narrator, you know, to like an educational or, or industrial yeah. film type of humor. And I, right. there's this one part where it's so fucking funny where it's like they're doing a little bit about these like kids who are doing kind of like a rock and roll Isley Brothers type thing. And this one kid's dancing and then they, they narrate it saying like... Uh, Chip was a remarkably talented guitarist. Unfortunately, Emil suffered from a slight muscular disorder. And Chip suffered from a slight muscular disorder. Yeah. You know, he's doing like this awful <laughs> yeah. spastic dancing. Yeah. 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 And that's Gilda in the music. That's section. so good. And yeah. that's very MST3K humor and no, style. That is a hundred percent proto. MST3K. That is, it's I love crazy. That bit. Yeah. 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 One other bit that one other I just want to ask if you know what this fucking movie is because I was like I gotta go track this down. <laughs> okay, okay. Is the, the, it was maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. I think it's the Cheech and Chong section where they're talking about like the animal, just animal films. I'm yeah, guessing or run amok. Yeah, I think so. And it was this giant bird attacking the plane. Right. What the fuck yeah. is I'm that? I'm not sure what that That's is. That's one I'd of the weirdest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's like a giant, like, big bird. Like, yeah. you know, like the 200 feet tall big bird, like, just taking it's out like a plane. It's like faces clay, and there's, like, feathers. It's yeah. so And the scale's all wrong and everything. Yeah. That is so animal films are some of my favorite. So yeah, I think we mentioned Night of the Leapus. We should probably do a giant animal episode at some point and trace sure. that history. <laughs> one of my movies, one of the ones sure. that really got me is just like a very like OG, like meat and potatoes kind of bad movie is uh, Horror at Party Beach. And it's, uh, I think Gilda says, it's in the monster section, I believe. And Gilda says like... See this guy? This is just a big monster with a lot of hot dogs in his mouth. Uh, oh, it's the monster with hot dogs in its mouth, you know, <laughs> because that's all it looks like. Yeah. It's this stupid, uh, you know, amphibious looking monster that comes out and attacks bikini girls. Yeah. And it, it's just like stuffed with like hot dogs. There's no other way to look at it. It's just like, and if you th what I'm saying is you think that and then she says it, she goes like full hot dogs. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, oh my God. Classic. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it brought back a lot of memories like watching this in terms of like, you know, when I would seek this stuff out, you know, and watch mm -hmm. movies like this and Mystery Science Theater, you know, which is just totally. a huge, we talked about it a million times, but it's, it's so like now I'm going to go back and watch some of my favorite Mystery Science episodes. Like, you know, Marcus and I were talking about like, you know, uh, pod people got to go back and oh, watch some fucking huge. pod people. It stinks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or some, uh, what was the other, a soul taker. I don't know if Tom, if you've seen oh, the soul, of course, dude, oh, where yeah. is that? Mitchell, uh, of course. Th that's Robert Zadar, Robert Zadar, where they, where they said that Robert Zadar looked like a catcher's mitt with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Zadar. Yeah. Not, and Manos. Bizarre. Manos was yeah. a big deal for me, man. When I saw yeah. Manos Hands of Fate Mystery Science episode, man, I left a piece of chewed gum on your pillow. You know, that was <laughs> right. that uh right. Fuck, well, Torgo. Man. Torgo. Mitchell. 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 My, 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 my Mitchell. Yeah, yeah Mitchell. Mitchell is so good, man. I got to up a a yeah. quick thing just with the mystery science theater you know, I, I loved it so much as a kid and i went through a, but i did go through a phase where i was reacting against it and i was like he shouldn't laugh at these movies 
Mm-hmm. Part yeah. of it was me meeting Lars and hanging out with him, actually, and him doing those weird Wednesdays back in the day. Who's been on our show? He, Lars has been on the show. Lars yeah. from the Austin Film Society. Yep, yep. When he was one of the original programmers of the Alamo, they did this weird Wednesday series that was going on forever. He started that with Tim. But, uh, I mean, they would show Mitchell, like, unironically. <laughs> and if wow. people talk during the movie, they'd throw him out, you know. So it was sort of like, uh, it was right. the opposite. They were they were sort of pushing Reverend. back against the Mystery Science That's Theater right. thing because you would have this trend at the time where everyone thought they were Tom Servo in the audience. So you'd show a movie that wasn't even funny, and it would be like maybe a European art film or something, and someone would be like, look at his tie. And there'd yeah, always right. be audience members right. that were right. that right. thought they were funny but didn't bring the goods in, in a post Mr. Sense theater world, that was really happening. That yeah. was the dark and side. Of, the Alamo um, kind of helped usher Mr. that Sense. out. And then there was a phase, kind of like a cleansing, you know. And then when Mr. Sense theater came back or whatever, which I haven't seen any of the new ones, but um, I think it sort of it did sort of open the door for me to be okay with it again and to go back and watch them and, and, and just admit that, yes, I do love Mystery Science Theater. But I definitely went through a phase where I had to kind of like – be like, well, don't laugh at the movies, you know. But, but um, personally, I, I somewhat, you know, if we're talking about like, you know, I'm going way back here and watching it came from Hollywood when Mystery Science Theater happened. Yeah. At first, I was wary because, and there was other people, you know, at the time who were super movie uh, freak buffs, and um, you know, they were like, I don't know if I want to sign up for this because, like, uh, I'd rather drink a beer with my friends and, and do, do my this. own. Like, why do I want? Huh? Yeah, and do my own uh-huh. track, you know. Yeah, and like that yeah, was I, that was a stance, and I was resistant somewhat because I was like, "Are these guys fun and funny enough? Are they? Can they really keep up?" Like, uh, I think like my head might be having a better time with this film than maybe these guys. Like, who are these guys? But then I did watch it, and it just took like it kind of took like a few examples. But I remember I really was like, "No, they're funny as hell, and they're killing it." And it was um, I think um, Incredible Melting Man. Oh, one of my favorites. Right, one of my I favorite. Just like uh, I think that's when Mike took over. Yeah, right? Mike, it's I'm, I'm early on. More, I am more. I'm Team Mike, kind of. Uh, okay, okay. Based on my the way I consume the okay. show, I was okay. Like, I was. Well, I didn't. I didn't do the early stuff so much with Joel, and those yeah. films were all so black and white, basically. Yeah, yeah. But when those guys were going off more, um, <laughs> when it was Team Mike, and it was more the yeah. color films, and you know, like stuff with like. Uh, What's what's his name? Joe Estevez movies like sign me up. <laughs> yeah, Ross that was Dower. that was the sweet spot for me. So, um, dude, yeah, <laughs> Mike's but great. I love, it all. I, I love it all. Yeah, people used to uh, hate on Mike in the early when Joel first left, but now that. it's been thirty years or whatever. I know. And I, yeah, I love Mike. I love the movie, and Mike's in the movie. Hey, you know? I know it's weird. Mike's I, I got to shout it out, man. I got just I got I got to earn my uh, my street cred here. I was at the <laughs> world premiere screening of Mystery Science Theater the movie. <laughs> No, you were not. In Minneapolis. How did that happen? In Minneapolis, I I was, God, I was probably like, I was very young. I mean, I was probably 10, maybe. And I remember my brother, my dad, we got tickets somehow. And then there was like spotlights outside the theater and like the the robots were there. Because remember, this is hometown pride. You know, these guys were, these guys were filming this at at a television studio, like in suburban minnesota i can't remember if it was like hopkins minnesota or something but those that's where they were doing it that's and, hot you know, dude yeah wow. of all the movie premieres that's the one can we I just remember the little, big i remember the big negative feedback from the movie was people were like but that's not a bad movie though <laughs> i know, know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well back to it came hey. from hollywood they do um they, they, there's they been the some problems still. with it came from hollywood like they're showing yeah. like war of the worlds which is like you know, D- Day exactly the Earth bad. stood still, right? Isn't that in there? Day the Earth stood still, right? Yeah, that's in. Classic. It came from Hollywood, so right. I think they're just lumping it in, like 
campy 50s Hollywood. Can we yeah. just do a, 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 a maybe just the quickest like touch base on anything that might be a pet favorite moment from you guys uh, from Hollywood? Uh, like th my favorite has always been, and this has been in my head my whole life since I've seen it, is the lucky ones are dead. <laughs> remember, it's the bald, vampiric-looking guy. Yeah, I think it's called Frankenstein Conquers Space or something. Right, it's like the Martians. Outer space. Yeah, Frankenstein, Frankenstein conquers, conquers the, Martians, the Martians. I think something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. But anyway, yeah. it's the black and white movie where like this woman is like uh, they both look like spooky goth people, <laughs> and there's this like nebbishy dorky guy with big fake ears and a bald head. He's like the lucky ones are dead. You know, <laughs> oh, did you, did you that? <laughs> he's really special. That movie is very angel dusted. And like they no maybe it's Mars Need Women actually. Oh, That's, you know what? I don't fucking know. I still, <laughs> there's a lot of mysteries in this film. I know. Like the, I, I'm not uh, 100% on each of the titles. Like right, right, right. Some of those, um, or how about this one? Uh, as a kid, I used to always have this in my head. Faga, Faga, Dakum Faga, Dakum Faga. <laughs> Is that not? Faga, Faga, Dakum Faga, Dakum Faga. What is that from? Again, right? What's that from? It's what this part? musical of like this white <laughs> goddess in Africa singing a faga song, and it's like all oh, right. Yeah. Anyway, just the, um, the ape sequence that culminates with the ape giving the middle finger. Oh, is it's so like, good. Actually, tiny good. sidebar. One thing that gave me a big thrill because it came out in '82 was a couple times they did the '70s because you know it's, mm -hmm. I thought oh, oh this yeah. is all going to live in like the '50s or '60s, but like they do. Um, that's ape. Which right. only came wow. out like five years before. You That's know, A P E. It, well, and a, a, a asterisk P asterisk E right, asterisk. Exactly. And then, yeah. but the one that got me, the one that killed me was like, and talk about the music was uh, the Black Belt Jones trailer. Oh yeah, 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 you know? yeah. Bop 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 ba da da da. You know, and I'm yeah, like, so like, cool. I was floored because how do, how could you see black exploitation trailers again? Just back to my premise, like mm -hmm. why this film special? It came from oh, oh. and there you go. Oh. Oh, we gotta have that as our. Over uh, here. That's gotta be our clock uh, oh. stop sound. Should be it has oh, to be, uh, Polly Walnuts. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I want to yeah. say thank you. Yes, for the birthday wish. Happy birthday! Thank I you. Appreciate it. Yep. I think you can see the method to my madness in uh, picking this title. I'm very happy how it went. Yeah, I love the subject. I love the film. This is such a. It's just such a fun playground. Hey, it's a I great have an entry point to this subject. You know, yeah. Something I, I felt like I wanted to address and didn't get. Didn't find a good way to do it, so I think this is great. Good job in picking yeah, this Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have an idea, just to throw it out there, live on the air here. Dr. Is, Faga. <laughs> as like a long-term life project, Tom, you should make yes. your own It Came From Hollywood. You have your own brand right. of disturbing things that you've discovered and found. Like a mixtape right. of You should uh, make mania. your own mixtape mania that does have some overdubs and does with, have some... Yeah, and like yeah. wraparounds, yeah. like with Paul Rudd. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, go for We've it. Already man. got a lot of zingers written, I think. Dude, you, you know, got just so many. I hear what you guys are saying. Yeah. Tom has got maybe it's a one fucking hour project. We should know. do that. That would like, we, we do have, have an entire channel of um, <laughs> of edited content. You know, we DJ'd could tour it. From we could depth. tour it around, and we could, no, I love it. Well, it's it's it came from it came from one fucking hour. Yeah, sure. That I should do that. Okay, all right. Well, that was one fucking hour on it came from Hollywood, everybody. Thank you so much for checking that out. Uh, happy birthday, Tom, again. And do watch. It's on YouTube. Check it out. It is. That's how I watched it. It's on YouTube. Check it out. It's very cool. Very fun to throw on. Um, but let's talk about real quick next week. 
Very mm-hmm. excited. Um, episode 97 next week, guys. We're going to wow. have to start thinking about what the fuck we're doing for episode 100. I'm thinking mm-hmm. live stream. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking, but wow. we'll have to think about that. Um, all right. So <clears throat> start thinking about that. But next week yeah, for episode 97, we're going to uh, get into a movie everybody knows, but we want to go very deep cut <laughs> in this movie. And I think that should be sort of the challenge uh, in, in terms of how we want to cover this. But next week, we're going to cover a big one. We're going back to the Marty Scorsese well. Uh, you know, we've done a handful of his films now. King of Comedy, Taxi Driver. Am I missing anything? Did we do anything? After Hours. One? After Hours, right. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So now we're going to go to our fourth Marty. Uh, and we're going to be doing one fucking hour on Goodfellas. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're going to be tackling but, a big. But again, know, clarify. Yes. Big, yes. beloved classic. Yeah. But deep cutting. We're inside. going. We're going deep cuts only. Super deep. I want to. I just rewatched it again, you know, for the millionth time. But it's been a few years. And mm-hmm. just like I want to just I want to have us just focus on. We're not talking about how this movie was made. You know, any backstory. There's no backstory. Who cares? Let's just get into the scenes and the moments, the most esoteric, yeah. deep cut moments uh, of this movie, like super challenge. And let's go deep on it because that's what mm-hmm. I want to do. You know, okay. so. just the moments, the moments, moments. Um, so that'll be next week, everybody. One fucking hour in Goodfellas. Very excited about that. And then, uh, of course, it'll be a blast. It'll be a fucking blast. And of course, one last shout out to the one fucking hour Patreon. Patreon.com slash one fucking hour is where you can sign up and uh, get instant access to our bonus episodes. New bonus episode up right now on the Patreon. Of course, it's us going deep on kind of related tangentially to yeah. tonight's episode. These are the movies that shaped us, that made us who we are today. These are the very you know, the most influential uh, you know, films uh, for us. Said, resonating impact. Huge resonating impact. So the ones that really molded us into who we are today. We're going to get into that. Movies That Made Us is up right now on the Patreon. Um, and of course, uh, you can ac- also get access to the library of all of the other bonus episodes and audio commentaries we've done, so on and so forth. Five bucks a month, patreon.com slash one fucking hour, or click the join button underneath the video on YouTube and you can become a moment and all that bullshit. Thank you guys so much for the support and all the new subscribers and everyone checking out the curse episode. That was fucking awesome. We'll do some more one fucking seasons down the road, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, but I guess we can't leave everybody without their moment of Zen. Hey, moment is kind of a, it came from Hollywood too, a little bit, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so their, their moment of Zen. Uh, okay, everybody. And, uh, have a good rest of your week and we'll catch you for good fellas, man. Oh, all right, everybody. Take care. Oh, oh. Bye. In case you don't know how fortunate you are. I will let Dr. Nadir tell you what is happening to those left behind. I'd like you to meet Mr. Spock's brother, Shecky, and his wife, Shelley. The lucky ones are dead. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. That was wicked, man.